The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the third chapter. Jesus went home, and the crowd came together again so that Jesus and the disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him, and he spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. And at this time, I invite all the young and young at heart forward for a special message. Bring a word of kindness, a smile, a 
loving God, we thank you for sending us your Son and for making us in Him sisters, brothers, mothers, family. Help us to see your love spread throughout this world. And help us to love one another as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Now will you pray with me? Lord God, Adam and Eve walked with you in the garden, and in their disobedience they were cast out. Make us to be your faithful people. Walk with us in the garden of our lives. Cast us not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and uphold us with your free and loving spirit. Through this word and all the gifts given to us, gracious God, we lift before you this prayer and all the things of our hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A house divided cannot stand. Abraham Lincoln used these words to describe his convictions about the state of the country as he accepted his party's first nomination to serve as a presidential candidate. This was before the Civil War broke out, before that bloody time in our history, before the debate over a human's rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in the conversation of slavery took a national place on the stage. And was central to every single person who lived in this country. Lincoln's words, the speech that he gave in his acceptance of the party's nomination, was based on the conviction that despite the disagreements and the threat of a coming war, the union, this, this country that we share, the house which our ancestors built, this place that we call home, was worth fighting for. And that one way or the other, the tensions and the divisions, they would go away, and the United States would either be united under slavery or freedom, depending on whether or not the people united together to speak for what is right and pursue that which is just. For Jesus gathered in the temple with his newly called group of disciples at the beginning of Mark's gospel, his declaration that a house divided cannot stand has less to do with rallying the people and more to do and more to say about what God is doing in this world. God's activity of mercy and forgiveness, standing in place of the devil's tyrannical assault against God's good creation. We are caught in the middle of a war, just like so many during the time of Lincoln. Just like so many throughout the history of humanity and like those who on this day fear for their lives and are forced away from their homes and their families. 
Jesus gathered with his disciples, surrounded by a crowd so pressing that they could not even take the time to eat. He feels the weight of the war that still rages in this world. The war of a house threatening to divide itself. His own family is gathered there, insisting that they cannot believe what they are seeing and hearing about their son, their brother, Jesus. They claim that he is beside of himself, that he's out of his mind. His own family, his own house is against him. And what's more, so are the respected religious authorities who claim that he's possessed by not just a demon, but the devil himself. Of course, that would stir up tension in any crowd. Torn between Jesus' teachings of forgiveness, of mercy, of wholeness, of the coming kingdom of God, and the testimony of his family, the people who love him probably the most in this world, and the respected religious leaders who guide the spiritual life of all those who are gathered. But Jesus, being who Jesus is, Address the crowd by directly reinforcing his message of God's kingdom breaking into this world for the sake of all who would call this place home. If Satan has risen up against himself, then he has met his own end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up that strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. This image of a home invasion and a robbery... Jesus uses to remind the people that all of us who turn away from God and sin against him and our neighbor have given ourselves over to the devil as slaves and his property. So why would Satan want to liberate those whom he now calls captive? Jesus says that Satan's house, his assumed reign over creation, his place in this world bringing division and separation is only overcome when someone enters into that place and binds him up, releasing that which the strong man Satan has wrongfully claimed for his own. God's kingdom, God's house, is one that works to evict a bullying tenant who claims authority that is not his and breaks the shackles which hold us back from God, uniting us, uniting us, strengthened not by blood or by the color of our skin or because we happen to live in a place close to one another, but through the waters of baptism that cleanse us from our sin, in the blood and the body which is broken and shed for us in Jesus himself. And in that Holy Spirit that is poured out upon us and all nations, giving us the desires of God to love one another as Jesus has loved us himself, making us all sisters, brothers, and mothers with Jesus who share the will of our Father in heaven. It's that same spirit that we follow and adore that Jesus warns against blaspheming against denying that Spirit's activity in our midst. Those who would silence His message of forgiveness 
and mercy by calling him insane have ignored the spirits moving in their midst. And those who would say that he is possessed by Beelzebul have made God's work of healing and wholeness synonymous with the works of hell and the devil himself. And so I ask you, where have you seen God, God's kingdom, God's spirit, breaking into this world, binding up the strong man that would hold us so tight, defying the claims of Satan and hell on our lives, and freeing us to look at our neighbors with the love of Jesus? Where have you seen God in all this? Over the past few days, I spent uh, my weekend at uh, the Senate Assembly for the Northeastern Pennsylvania Synod, gathered with other pastors and congregation members from the Lutheran Church across uh, this northeastern corner of Pennsylvania. They are gathered with the crowd, running into people I have met over the course of my time here, and meeting new friends, new strangers who God has put into our path. I saw God. Binding that strong man and casting out this death, this destruction, this hopelessness that seems to captivate the world that we share. I saw people gathered who were passionate about sharing with others how their cooperation with other churches and local agencies at food banks united God's kingdom and God's people in service to their neighbor in need. How people work together to defy the acts of war that tear this world apart. Who work to bring a word of healing and hope to people who are addicted to the various substances that plague our world. How people work together in the name of Jesus to bring comfort and wholeness to those who are sick or grieving People who love in the name of Jesus because he first loved us. To bring an end to the suffering and the pain and the division of this house. I saw agencies and organizations working together to share their wealth of resources and their wealth of relationships with other people. Intent on sharing God's good news in Jesus Christ with those whose homes have fallen in fire and in flood. People insisting on making sure that the orphaned children of this world can know and have the certainty in their bones that they are loved and cared for. I saw God in the people gathered there, eager to tell one another about how they see God at work in their own communities. Strengthening multiple congregations across our synod, across this country, who are coming together to work to save their financial resources, yes. But more importantly, to show that God is bringing new life in these communities where we look and we want to see a dying, declining church. This is God breaking into this world, binding up that strong man. And letting loose the captives led by the Spirit into this world to love and to serve. 
It may seem sometimes that we are on our own, but this weekend I saw God saying, no, you are not alone. Not only am I with you, but so are your sisters and your brothers and your mothers in Christ Jesus. Know that we are not alone. Know that in his resurrection from death, Jesus has bound up the strong man forever and invited us into God's kingdom, God's own house, and preserves our union with Christ through this Holy Spirit that has blessed us so much. We are the church, a family of sisters and brothers and mothers together, serving at the will of our Father in heaven. And God is not finished casting out the evils of this world, building us up as God's people, as God's family. This is why it's so important to identify and testify to where we see that Holy Spirit moving in and through us. Because it is proof that we worship God in different buildings, yes, but that the church is still united in Christ Jesus. It is proof that though we come from different denominations and share the gifts that God has given to us differently, the church is still united in Christ Jesus. Though we be scattered across the globe and though we are removed from the saints who have died and from those who have yet to be born, the church is still united as God's family in Jesus Christ. A house divided cannot stand. But thanks be to God that we are bound together in one house in Jesus Christ himself. Amen.